When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail Cheaters! Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, welcome back from France. Good to see you. Nice to have you back. Bonjour, Josh. Yes, it's good to be back. Feels like I missed, what, like two weeks worth of Always Cheating yeah. content? So that's that's a long time to be away because Always <laughs> Cheating, it's, yeah. like, it's like our little baby, you know? Nobody wants to be mm-hmm. away from their baby for that long. But big thanks yeah. to Eric Sibbles for filling in. Last week, I thought he did uh, an excellent job. And Josh, goes without saying, you're always doing an excellent job on Always oh, Cheating. Speaking well, of doing an still, excellent job. still good to hear look, it. Yeah. <laughs> look at your Game Week 29. I mean, if we're, if we're here to uh, talk about doing well at FPL, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm podcasting with you, Josh, because you're having a, a great week. I salvaged what could have been a bum first half mm-hmm. of Double Game Week 29 uh, yep. uh, on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that, I'm sure. So what did I miss, Josh? Anything important the last couple of weeks or anything for, yeah. that happened in the last five minutes, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I will I will chime in and I'll say thanks to Eric Sibbles for having us on the pod. Uh, I also I popped on the uh, our, our friends, one of our Patreon supporters, uh, Brian Chen. I called him Bruce like three times last week. I have no why would why would a person turn Brian into Bruce, Brandon? Can you can you explain because we're that constantly to me? thinking of uh, Alistair Bruce Ball. <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, yeah, also Bruce, known Bruce as Ball Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> so many, so many great Bruces out there. Uh, but I went on their FPL Blues pod as well, so uh, you can you can check that. out. It was more of kind of an interview with me. So if you want, if for some crazy reason, you want more Josh centric content, Brandon, it's out there and available. Uh, and yeah, no, as of you. the last, f- <laughs> you know, there's nothing there that you haven't heard literally hundreds of times. I've read uh, the book a hundred times. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, but as of five minutes ago, we're recording this on Sunday, uh, late late in the afternoon on Sunday, uh, Graham Potter has been sacked, which was kind of coming. I'm actually a little surprised he got through the international break, but uh, you can't spend $1.5 billion on contracts that stretch into the 2040s uh, and then and then lose at home to Aston Villa, right? Uh, to yeah. nail. No offense to Aston Villa, but that was, pro- you know, we, we kind of figured that was the, that was the straw that that was going to break Potter at Chelsea. And, and here we are. And so, I mean, what do you, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, literally just this broke as we were hit the record button. So uh, what are your thoughts on Potter and how this might change Chelsea? I suppose from like a fantasy point of view, more than anything, do you think there's, does it make you more interested in, in, in having some of their fantasy assets? Does it change anything? I suppose it does because I be the, the great attribute and failing of Potter at Chelsea was he came with ideas. He came with his own ideas. He has yeah. technical systems that he wants to put onto the club yeah. and more power to him, but it wasn't working, especially with, like you point out, all these new signings, guys who will be playing at Chelsea even when we have flying cars and are taking jetpacks 
uh, to our <laughs> office jobs. Um, yeah. So it, I think it's kind of encouraging for Chelsea from an FPL perspective because they have so many ballers. They have so many great yeah. players. You, have, you just watch Zhao Felix. He looks so incredible even playing within uh, the constructs that, that Potter has. So if they are able to yeah. uh, be a little bit more free-flowing, maybe that benefits them. Watching the Villa match... Uh, ben Chilwell was like the most forward player. He was he, Ben Chilwell had an yeah. excellent game, even though he finished on zero fantasy points. So I, there's just so much potential in that team to be yeah. unlocked. And do you unlock it by bringing in a caretaker who just says, "All right, fellas, go out there and just do your thing"? I mean, we just saw it with Roy Hodgson, right? Like, there's sort of a. I think that's that's the, the the problem is with Hodgson. It's it's at least the same squad, right? There's not there aren't there aren't a two dozen players on the in the squad that you can yeah. sort of rotate in and change things yeah. around. He didn't uh, have to just, introduce yeah. himself to any new players. Hodgson at Pals, he knew them all. Yeah, it's interesting because you know Rogers just got sacked today too, Brendan Rogers, and so we have a, a double a, a the rare Sunday double sacking, Brandon, and mm-hmm. uh, the Rogers one I'm a little surprised by because I, I mean I, I yes and no. I mean, I've sort of felt like if they were going to sack him, they would have done it 10 weeks ago or, you know, in the spring or something like that. And, uh, but, but, you know, Hodgson basically did it. Hodgson ended, ended Rogers. I mean, I yeah, think wow. if they won that match, they probably stick with Rogers for the rest of the season. Yep. And now I guess there's enough of a, of a worry, but I think with both these squads, the concern is whether, and again, I'm speaking from a fantasy perspective here, the concern is whether things can change enough in a kind of predictable way. To make mm-hmm. them appealing as fantasy assets, I, I could see them winning more. But like with Ch- with <laughs> Leicester, like how do you suddenly turn those defenders into good defenders? I, I don't think that the problem at Leicester is that Rodgers couldn't get them into a to be a strong defensive team. I don't I don't think they're capable of it. You know, as as sort of constituted. I'll give you one idea, and the double yeah. sacking is the rare one to one correlation between Brandon's bench and starting goalkeeper. Keppa, mm-hmm. my starting goalkeeper, his manager now gone, which means yep. Keppa keeps his starting place. There's no nothing to see here. Everything is fine. But Brendan Rodgers leaving is good news for Brendan's bench goalkeeper, and it is hashtag justice for Danny Ward because okay. uh, what you get with starting Everson is an own goal, and that serves you right. And <laughs> see <own> you, <laughs> you're now on the dole, Mr. Rogers, because of what you did to my bench boost. Um, yeah, and that's, I do, I do wonder. I wanna, <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about I your want, bench boost in a okay, second. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I, I wonder if Danny Ward gets a gets back into the the first team or the starting eleven. I should well, here's, say. Here's my thought. Uh-huh. Here's what. Here's my thought. Instead of a, a simple. I, I can think of a very elegant solution to this, Brandon. Why why only have one? Why not why not start Everson and Wart if you're the caretaker manager? Two goalkeepers are better than one, right? And mm-hmm. so just you have you have nine outfield players, two keepers. I realize only one of them can touch the ball, but he's still allowed to wear the gloves, right? Just needs <laughs> to feel at home. I mean, Mudrick uh, was wearing yeah. gloves for Chelsea the other day. I think it's true. Everyone gets uh, yeah. they they get a crazed feeling when like Kyle Walker, Harry Kane, you know, outfielder in goal, uh, Claxon. Yeah. What about goalkeeper in the outfield? 
Well, well exactly. when do we get to I want see an that? Out of position, I want an out of position <laughs> ward playing as a yeah. as a second keeper who can't use his hands. That would be that'd be incredible. And so I think that, that could really turn things around for Leicester. So let's let's hope that happens. As for Chelsea, it was so. I mean, of course, just and then Pulisic, who just this this was his moment, right? They have all, all these inability to score, and then he comes back from international break, and <laughs> Potter was like, now he's got a cold. And he's out because of the cold. And it's just like nothing can go right for him at Chelsea. He, his destiny does not lie at Chelsea Football Club. I'm yeah. sorry to say. I, I He yeah. needs to go to, I don't even know. It also, it, honestly, it would be awesome if he went to Fulham. And basically, I mean, William's, what, 34? Like, that's not going to last anymore, yeah. right? So bring him Ful- to Fulham and yeah. that'd be awesome. Fulham's got a full-on rebuild. I mean, they their squad has overperformed. And you couldn't be happier as a Fulham supporter with the season they've had. But... You're kidding yourself yep. if you think you can if that if that Fulham squad can carry that form into next yeah. season. So yeah, yeah, Fulham. I was talking to our friend Chancer Dan last night. He said, "What well, if if Dominic Calvert Lewin can ever get fit again? Send him yeah. to Fulham. Uh, yeah. Why? Why the heck not? Or you know, why not? Le- Leeds can be the new Full America. You've got you've Weston really McKinney, given Tyler up on, on Mitro." I, I love it. You're so you're so protective of referees, Brandon, that you have you've completely <laughs> just washed your hands of Mitro, possibly forever. Well, yeah, I don't know. I one of my longstanding issues as a human is I can tend to be a little too focused on justice and uh-huh. uh, the right and wrong of it all. And bless yeah. Mitro and everything he's done in in West London, but it was awful to just see him square up to. Uh, Chris Kavanaugh, the way he did, and I mean, ultimately, I this, this, this is a, I mean, most we're, we're, do. yeah, we're we're way off the FPL path here. But what is the future of Alexander Mitrovic, particularly as it in the Premier League? What more does he have to offer? And I don't want to sound like Scott Parker here, but a team like Fulham, I think, might need a little bit of more mobility in their number. Yeah. Nine. It's hard to say. I mean, it, it's still hard to find people who can score fifteen plus goals a season, right? So there's there's still a lot of true, a lot true of value enough. there. Yeah, and you, yeah. You've, if you've got one, it's fair. Yeah, you're right. It's I, I, the last thing I want to see is Neil Malpe. Uh, darkening the doorway of Craven Cottage. So, so. <laughs> so, so somehow, so somehow, Chelsea and Leicester fired their managers, and we, we're talking about the Mitro, who's probably suspended for the rest of the season. We, we, we really have gotten off the rails here. I think Chelsea, fantasy wise, the problem with Chelsea is obviously they have a they have another leg of their double game week to play uh, in midweek. It's kind of a weird pod in some ways. We're recording this on Sunday. We have uh, many many matches to go in this double on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll do a Patreon pod uh, with it with more of a proper game week 30 preview. So we're kind of focused on checking in right now on game week 29, looking ahead to um, the rest of the season, so casting kind of a longer lens. Um, and so some of the questions in this week's pod are going to be a little more in the evergreen territory Brandon sort of useful for for long, the long term but when you look at Chelsea I mean they don't play in 32 uh they they have a double down the line but it's in 37 and it's a way to Man City and Man United um that has not been announced yet but that's that's the the most likely um expected double so just a lot of um I, I don't I don't really see myself really racking up any any Chelsea players and you know Leicester kind of the same they don't have any doubles once this one's done they do play um, they've got a couple of matches like they play Bournemouth in game week thirty but I, at this point Bournemouth are playing better than Leicester I I don't see that as a great opportunity to to load up on on Leicester players and so I I, I don't know this is a, I guess a, a long way we've, we've talked about this 
around and, and probably will have more compare, you know, coherent thoughts. I mean, again, that Potter announcement was just was just made, but um, and it kind of depends on who they bring in, right? If it's a caretaker, if it's a full, I mean, Brendan Rodgers could go there, right? He has a background. He was one of uh, Mourinho's assistants at Chelsea yeah. many years ago, so that would be actually be hilarious if they sacked Potter so that they could hire the sacked earlier in the day Brendan Rodgers. Um, Will not happen. And, well, I, I, I think <laughs> it's it's funny to think about, but. Um, you don't spend that much money to bring in uh, David Brent, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Nagel, Nagelsman comes in or something, maybe, right? But, seems, um, seems the likeliest, doesn't it? It does seem the likeliest. All right, so let's let's talk about uh, fantasy, though, Brent. Let's talk about game week 29. Uh, let's start with the—I I have had a great game week. I, I cracked the top— 5k yesterday and I resisted as long as I could several hours because I you know I, I never like it I try not to avoid you know posting the the overall rank midweek it always feels like like you're kind of cheating a little bit but I, I just couldn't resist it was so fun to, to crack the top 5k and then had a, a pretty good uh, Sunday as well and so I'm now at 3400 overall which is um, highest I've been in a couple of seasons very exciting to be uh, up that high and so I'm feeling feeling mm-hmm. very good about my week it's sort of everything everything went right to be quite honest uh, everything that the whole plan when I wildcard in 27 was to really set myself up as well as I could for 29. And it's outside of Man United, but even that weren't okay because I had Botman. Um, but, you know, Rhea and Steele combined for 10 points in a six-goal match, which is absolutely insane. Um, and uh, got the solid goal. Um, the Dominic Solanke goal was maybe the most satisfying uh, because I'm, you know, I'm looking in our, in our mini league right now and uh, FPL Game Week, which is a fun website I highly recommend, is um, they show you the importance of any particular player in your squad. So someone like Trippier is is at 8% importance, right? Like it's 100 being the, the most valuable. 8% means 92% of the other managers have him already. So it's not, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're not getting too much in terms of your rank. Uh, but with Dominic Solanke, it's a full 100%. as the only person in our in our mini league to have him. And so it's just so fun to get a goal from a player whose ownership is is super low. Yeah. And, um, and the one, well, let's, let's call that a goal in quote marks that Solanke scored, you know, we're, we're, let's <laughs> not get too goal. excited about that. <laughs> hey, it's, but you never know. It's like the, the confidence building and that's ever Martinelli was on a terrible run. And then he scores that goal in the 95th minute. And, he went. It was on fire after that. So you, these guys just need to score a goal sometimes to get their their form up. But anyway, so great week. I'm feeling really good. But I, I feel like your story is more interesting. So let's let's get into what <laughs> happened. Let's get into what happened with you and when you decided that you just couldn't play your own bench boost for game week 29. Yeah, you and I were on similar paths with the wild card 27, looking ahead to uh, the bench boost in 29, free hit in 28. So as I planned my bench boost for this week, it was really reliant on my confidence in Arsenal players. So I, I kept yep. triple Arsenal on the 27 wild card because I thought this Leeds home fixture, which proved to be correct, was really yep. tantalizing, even in a single game week. Um, I also held on to Holland. So uh, there are some, there are all these narratives that slowly started uh, falling into place ahead of the 29 deadline, which just made it impossible for me to play the bench boost. First, first was what we knew a couple of weeks ago that Danny Ward lost his goalkeeping position to Everson on Leicester. So there was this uh, assumption that Ward is not going to play. So my bench goalkeeper. Uh, 
in a, uh, not going to affect the bench boost. Saka uh, was the last piece of news, which the rumors started breaking right before the deadline or a few yep. hours, uh, that he was going to start from the bench. Okay, yep. so that's another one of my bench boost players that is not going to play. Holland, uh, the rumors were quite strong that he wasn't going to play. So that's three uh, of my yep. four bench players. Martin Odegaard yep. was the fourth. So it just became an impossibility for me to do that. So now I have no plan for the bench boost. Uh, you would have to do like a, mi- a minus eight, right? At least to feel. I would have to do a minus eight squad. to drop Saka, which I, I'm loathe to do now, to sure. drop Holland, uh, which yep. was kind of a gamble to say, I think that Holland will start slash play in game yep. weeks 30 and 31 before they blank at 32. And. Yep. Hope upon hope, maybe Ward gets a starting spot back, but that's I've kind of like committed or, or, to yeah drop Ward likely right exactly so yeah yeah, yeah yep. so the move I ended up doing was I dropped Saliba uh, who mm-hmm. was the other yet yet another guy right. who was out with an injury that really I made dropped, a tricky head yeah totally so I dropped Saliba to bring in Kurt Zuma which like God I this is one of the pain points for fantasy managers is uh, to if you if you're really devoted to the club you support to bring in players or captain players against that club also to yeah. bring in the players into your fantasy squad who you detest personally and <laughs> I am a I'm, you know I'm, I'm still I'm still hung up on Zuma catgate uh, nonetheless at 4.4 <laughs> million West Ham have a double game week like you know facts be facts Josh yeah, and they yeah, do not yeah, blank yeah. in 32 so he seemed like I a Mm-hmm. I think I think it was a good move. I think you um, I think you well, it could have gone poorly if so- if Saka had started, then, it, you know, it, you, it may have been worth it to take the to take the minus. But I think given the way that it worked out, I, I think you've, you I think you're going to come out ahead here. And I think that the Zuma move was it was a good fixture weakest link situation, yep. given given that you needed a defender for just, yep. just to have, you know, just to have a full squad for this for this week. So halfway through game week 29, I'm, I actually managed a green arrow without a bench boost, and I moved from 55K up to 46K. So I'm happy about that, yeah. and I've got I've a full 45 squad. now, Brandon. I see 45. Now you've jumped another K. Oh, my God. The, you know, the, the, the FPL site notorious for constantly refreshing. Uh, so I, I guess <laughs> I missed that one. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly bullish. And now it's... I, 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 I'm, I have to be optimistic, but I feel like this has also been my problem this season is I'm constantly managing for future points and not points in the game week. So I think what you've done exceptionally well for 29, Josh, is you've managed for points in this game week and you're getting them and you're reaping the rewards. And now I'm in this position where I feel like I've studiously held on to Arsenal players in Holland so that I'm going to get future points from them. So we'll talk right. this episode, I'm sure, about what your plans are. Now that you've dropped Holland, are you going to bring him back? What are you going to do yep. about players like Saka or other Arsenal mids? That's something that you have to solve. Am I in a better position because I have these players already? Well, I think truth be told, they're all just minus fours and minus eights away from getting them back into your squad. So I think I've hamstrung myself through my chip strategy. And yep. if I had any regret, even though... Uh, season's going well and I'm on a green arrow right now. I just do regret that I've been managing for future points instead of present points. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a hard balance to strike. And I, I feel like it ultimately has worked out in, in, in my case. But, uh, you know, going into this game week, I was feeling like I had been too focused on the present, right? I, I played a chip in 27 and chip in 28 and had a red arrow both those game weeks. So I was, I was you know, so there, there are sort of two, two sides to the coin. And I think that it's... Uh, it's you know it's always a little bit of a gamble, and uh, so it had the gamble has has paid off uh, in my case. But I mean, I, I guess the, the the optimistic way to look at your situation is that you are on a green arrow, almost surely will stay on it unless you know neither of us have Kane. So if, you know, if Kane scores sixteen goals, then we're probably going to be in trouble. But if he if he if if, if you know if he can keep himself to under two goals, I feel like we're going to be okay. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. we both have full full squads to, to still to play. Uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, so uh, I have 14 players still to play. I think you have 11, so a lot, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of points still available, and you still have a chip intact. And I think that um, there was a question about chips, and so we'll hold off on that until we get into the main part of the pot. But I do think that game week 34 is is a prime opportunity to use your your bench boost, and so I don't, I don't think yeah. that you're going to be totally caught short without a chance to use it. I think that 34 will will is, is like a pretty easy one to get yourself ready for. Yeah, I agree. And looking ahead to 34 with that bench boost in mind, it does make game week 32 really tricky, especially with Brighton, because Brighton players have given so much of themselves, Josh, for our gain, for our benefit. And there is a special place in Valhalla for for all of them. We salute them. (laughs) So I'm feeling more and more committed to holding on to Brighton players. I'm not really sure what that looks like. As we navigate their blank in 32, I think Manchester United are starting to look more and more like public enemy number one. Definitely dropping Luke Shaw ahead of the Manchester United blank, even though like all the player, all all the teams bar Chelsea uh, who blank in 32 do double in 34. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of take a lot of guts to navigate around these blanks and doubles. I think so. It's it's the people with a, with a free hit in thirty two have have some advantages. I I can see some disadvantages too. I think that it's um, you know I don't know. There there are players like, like Liverpool. I think in particular, if Liverpool c- can turn things around a little bit, then I think the way that you and I have set things up, having Salah could really be an advantage. I'm not sure that people who don't have Liverpool will have a chance to do that until um, game week. Um, well, I don't know. I, I, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll free hit into him in 32, but, um, anyway, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of rambling here a little bit. I, I don't want to get too down the road with, with chip talk yet. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the captaincy though. And, uh, there, this, this was a, a game week. It was really interesting. I thought that, um, I thought we'd see a little more variety than we did with the captaincy. It's sort of, uh, classic FPL commentary wherever the, the dialogue is the NCAA tournament where it's been like a wide open NCAA tournament and then everybody kind of picked Houston to, to win in the end. And uh, it ended up being a wide open tournament like we expected. And um, this, you know, with game week 29, it was a sort of, I felt like anyone had a chance to be the best captain pick. And um, some people made a very compelling case for, for Brighton players. Uh, I know a lot of people were looking at James Madison, um, even, uh, you know, I, um, Ollie Watkins, and I suppose you could even throw Ivan Tony into there, right? There's a, uh, there were a number of different players who, who were appealing. And in the end, we all effectively went for Marcus Rashford. I was shocked by just how many people went for Rashford. And um, I don't know if you had to do it again. I feel like the, my, uh, the thing I'm annoyed about is I felt like I could have, um, I'm not seeing Brighton's attack 
through the right lens right now. Like, I'm still not seeing this attack as like a top five attack. And I think that the way that they're playing at the moment, it really deserves that. I think their XG for this game was like five, like or like 4.8 or something like that. So they, they really are clicking incredibly well right now. And it's like, I just couldn't kind of get past, uh, you know, captain a Brighton player over Man United defender. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, Rashford's at home and, and game week, um, you know, in the second half of this double game week and, and things could completely turn around the narrative could change. But at the moment, I feel like this kind of goes back to what you were saying about Brighton before. Um, it's going to be very hard for me to drop either one of McAllister and Matoma, the two midfielders I have, even though I don't have a free hit either in 32. Um, so th- which, which kind of gets into the Holland thing as well. Uh, because if I bring Holland back, I've added another player that yeah. doesn't play in 32, which yeah. makes it a lot trickier with him. So, um, yeah, I think it's really, I, you know, so I'm just curious, do you have any, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of silly to say this because the game is not over, but do you, did you, consider anyone but Rashford for the the captaincy for game week 29? I mean, honestly, the armband was on Rashford during the whole lead up to the deadline. But Matoma was logically the only other person who I, well, honestly, Salah, Matoma, Rashford, my midfielders. I never once considered Watkins or Tony, who are my two only starting forwards. So... When when Salah scores the early goal against Manchester City, yes, you, you kind of wondered to yourself, well, is this going to be uh, Liverpool sort of turning the narrative sort of match? And it, it ended up being a classic City, just as we expected, just wiping the floor with their uh, away yeah. opposition. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, should we have predicted that Manchester United were going to fall back down to earth without Casemiro the way they they have done yeah I don't know so I'm not really feeling yeah, much regret I, I guess right I just, now yeah I guess I just bring it up because um and yeah let me, we'll see where we are on Wednesday evening but the reason I bring it up is just because I think that um when it's really wide open like this and we should have some more moments like this maybe game week 32 comes to mind right right now uh where um Arsenal have host Southampton Liverpool host Forest right I think we're going to get a lot of debate there as well so when there's a game week where there's a lot of debate um over who the best pick is and you are trying to make up points I think that is a great week to um to to just to just go for it because if there's a lot of debate, it just means whoever the runaway captain pick is is probably not going to be significantly outscoring um, the other options, right? Even if he ends up, even if he ends up being the top scorer, it's probably not going to be a Holland scores twenty five, everyone else scores five kind of week. It's going to be a wide range of outcomes between yeah. four and nineteen points or something like that. Yeah. So um, just a just a, a future lesson, I think. Um, there are times yeah. when it makes sense to go different with the captaincy. There are times when it makes sense to just go with the field. And I think this was a week where it made sense to be different, even though neither of us did it. But it's a there's a lesson to be taken from that. Yeah, I think. and amplified by the double game week of it all, which increases the odds that your uh, your left field captaincy pick has t- two opportunities to come yeah. through for you. So I totally agree yeah. with what you're saying there. Yeah. Newcastle was so good today too. They're really, really impressive performance from them. Um, all right, well let's let's take a break. I did want to just quickly shout out. Uh, we have a new Volkswagen patron, Brandon. This is the T-shirt level patron. So uh, thank you nice. to uh, Motaz El Sagri. Uh, thank you so much for for supporting the pod. We're going to reach out uh, right after we're done with this recording, Brandon. Get this guy 
or this this person, get this person a, uh, mm-hmm. a new T-shirt, new Always Cheating T-shirt. And if you want to support the podcast, get T-shirts, get an extra podcast each week, join the Discord and chat with people. Then, uh, and lots of meetups. I feel like everyone in our Discord is meeting up in different places, Brendan, all over the, all over the, literally globally. I don't want to sound like I'm yes. exaggerating, but it literally is true that we've had, there's been meetups happening all over the globe. Uh, and uh, that's just really cool. And so uh, if you want to join that, uh, the Always Cheating community, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. We'll get you set up on the Discord and uh, get those extra pods starting with uh, this Thursday's podcast. On that global tip, my recent vacation to Paris, I think it was the first time I've left the country and not gone somewhere where a listener hasn't reached out and said, hey, let's let's meet up. And I'd be very curious if anyone listening right now is from France. Uh, Just I don't need to I don't need to meet you. I don't need to see you in person, although I'd love to. But I would just like a little hand put put your hand up and let us know you're out there <laughs> you know my sister lives in france brandon and her boyfriend listens so there you go that's the uh, well there you are there right you there. have it yeah there you are yeah i snubbed right, well, your that, brother your your <laughs> you brother-in-law whoever i know i didn't i didn't help set that up uh all right well, let's take a break uh we'll get back and we'll uh we'll answer some questions and talk about game week 30 We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're back. Game week 30 kicks off on Saturday morning. Another FPL classic. I love it. Love to have these back. And uh, it's uh, just matches on Saturday and Sunday. Nice and clean. Uh, fun featured match on Sunday. Liverpool hosting Arsenal. That should be a really interesting match. Um, the key question for game week 30, Brandon, is... And just and this is just an opinion area here because we don't know. And I, I, I honestly, like our opinions as good as anybody else's because... I highly doubt that Pep's going to come out and say anything definitively on Friday. But do you think that Holland A plays and B starts this upcoming Saturday? I do. Uh, The feeling I have is, and Pep came out after 
the uh, Liverpool match and said, okay, now we have a week ahead of us to focus mm-hmm. on the following weekend. Another, you know, Holland's received the rest. He is now available to be considered. Now I'm totally selected. paraphrasing yeah. what, yeah, to be selected. Uh, I'm totally paraphrasing there, but what you can sort of read hopefully or optimistically into that is Pep is like, okay, now we, he wasn't quite ready to play at top gear against Liverpool. We knew that was possibly going to be a really tough game. We've got Champions League fixtures yep. coming up. I think Champions League is clearly a huge priority for Pep and City. Yep. And Holland not having played a match over the international break, not playing against Liverpool, will need to get some match fitness, I think. And yep. what better opponent than Southampton? For for and Southampton, uh, they're playing at home, right? No, they're playing away uh, at yeah. the, the the same areas. So, um, but I still I I have him captained, and I'm I'm ready to party with Holland. Yeah, I so I don't have him, and I have to decide what I'm going to do. And I think the dilemma is if you don't if you don't captain Holland, who is the who is the next best captaincy, right? Who's the next best pick? And I. I think it's probably Marcus Rashford, um, Everton at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's see if we if we get another kind of blah performance from from Man United at midweek, then I'm, I'm I suddenly feel like a little bit less enthusiastic about that. But at the moment, that's that's where I'm leaning. Would be I have the mm-hmm. I have the captaincy on Rashford at the moment, and uh, but you know if we if we don't go with him, then I'm not I'm not quite sure there is a great captaincy pick outside of Holland, which I think makes things really tricky because I was just talking before we hit the break about how there are weeks when you want to go different with the captaincy, there's weeks when you don't. And I think that we can end up seeing a very highly owned. Now, Holland's ownership has dropped significantly in the top 10K and the top 100K. So it's not, you're not in the territory where he is a universally owned and captain player. His ownership is not going to be at 190% or anything like that um, for, for game week 30, especially if he doesn't, we don't see lots of training pitch, you know, activity. And, you know, if there's any kind of doubt at all about him that I'm not going to bring him in. But I may just have to bite the bullet and do it. And there just may no, not be any way around it, uh, especially because not only do they play Southampton in game week 30, but then they play Forest at home in game week 31. So you're you're missing out on just two really ideal (laughs) game weeks to have, to have Erlen Holland. And I think that's, that's, I think where things get a little bit trickier. And the only worry I suppose would be if, um, the first leg of the champion. So, right. So you just to, just to map things out very more, Mm -hmm. a little more cleanly. So they have, um, the St. Mary's match on, uh, the Southampton match on, on Saturday, on Tuesday, they play the first leg of the champions league. And then they play another home match the the weekend after that, and then I believe it's the following yeah the following Wednesday right so eight days later they will play the second leg of that match and that match will be away uh, in Bayern right so it's which is just going to be an incredibly difficult match no matter how much they're up right unless they somehow go up seven nil or something which which isn't going to happen yeah because City can't um, play defense yep. uh, is is really. <laughs> their big yeah. Achilles heel. So they can score a billion goals at home to Bayern. But the fact that they can't play defense at all. Uh, yeah, it's been a little stronger, but it's, it, yeah, it's it's a little, so you just don't really know what, what, you, what 
what's going to, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. So I, I think that that would be the concern is, okay. The, Cause the, the, like if we map out a, we map the, the, the best case scenario is easy. Fully rested Holland plays Southampton needs to get into form ahead of the champions league match scores a quick hat trick, you know, gets pulled in the 72nd minute goes and plays Bayern, whatever scores a goal. And then, um, you know, he's rested. There's no reason not to, not to play him again. Uh, he plays again that weekend and, uh, you know, in the, in the forest match and also has, has a great performance. The mm-hmm. nightmare scenario is, um, Holland comes off the bench on Saturday and plays 18 minutes to get his feet wet or something like that before, yeah. you know, in a, in a match that's already over. Right. Uh, and just sort of, you know, has a couple runs, but nothing really happens plays, uh, in the, uh, champions league, but, um, Bayern wins two nil at the Eddie head. Right. And mm-hmm. now with, now you're in a nightmare scenario. Uh, so that weekend, Holland needs to be fully rested in order to be ready for the for the Bayern match mm-hmm. on on Wednesday, and then suddenly you have you have Holland for two weeks and you get eighteen minutes and, and no attacking returns and you've captained in both times. So that is that is the possible nightmare scenario, and it's sort of it, like it feels like a pretty strong binary here. Like it's it's hard for me to see. I don't know him starting and just having kind of a mediocre return in both both those matches. I mean, I guess it's possible that he just scores like a goal in both them. I, the fact that the South End matches away does give me um, does give me pause. I mean, it just it just makes me feel like increasingly like God. I, I should have saved that free hit in twenty eight. I, I kind of knew I knew this was going to happen. This is the reason I held on to Holland instead of Kane uh, on my free hit. Right? Like I, I did not want to. Um, drop Holland. It was not until literally minutes before the deadline on Saturday when I finally dropped Holland. And I, I did it for Watkins, so I, I don't have any regrets about it. I mean, it's already that, that's already paid off in terms of the return. But I, the reason I wouldn't want to bring in Holland is just that I am then bringing another. I'm wasting another transfer two weeks ahead of a big blank on a player who also blanks. And I have three Brighton players and three Man United players as well. So then suddenly I have seven players who. Who don't play now? One of them is is Steel, so I'm at least a little covered on that. But I'll still have two Brighton outfield players, three Man United players, and Holland. Right, so I have six players who don't play, who are in the outfield, mm-hmm. and that's assuming no other injuries. <laughs> and then I yeah. would only have two transfers, game week 31 and 32. So that means I can get to a full 11 on a minus four. It's not yeah. it's not impossible, but it just makes things a lot messier. And then. And then, so and then you do would I like, want to take I, a minus? Yeah, let's go ahead. What go I'm ahead. hearing, Josh, is that you're uh, you're looking for a way out of this Holland debate. Yeah, I would. I very. <laughs> I, I would much. My my strong preference would be to not have Holland. And yeah. I guess what I wish was that. Man United or somebody had a really, really amazing fixture. And I think, I mean, the problem is like Manchester, that, that, that's going to be a scrappy match. I just don't see, I'm not sure. Sh- I would expect Man United to win that match, but I, I don't know that it's like a 5 nil win. Maybe if Lampard was still there, but you know, as it is. Yeah. They're like a know, street fighting team. Everton are now under Dyche. Now, and, exactly. And particularly, exactly. They, you know, it's, it's not like. Liverpool slash Everton are all that far away from the town of Manchester. There'll be lots of support. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. But I, I think, yeah, if you already have Holland, this is, I think you can't hesitate and yeah. be like me, captain him, regardless of whatever ever doubt you have, because this is the advantage that you have, particularly as yep. you pointed out, Josh. A lot of managers 
in that upper echelon of rank have smartly dropped Holland for game week 29. Right. Now they're in a position like you are, Josh, where they just don't have him, and they're either going to be burning points to get him back in or they are going yeah. to go without. So this is yeah. like our, our, our moment, the Holland owners, and we have to take it. Will it work yeah. out? Will he play? There are certainly no guarantees. I will be watching Instagram for training ground photos, like you said. Uh, yeah. that's, that's really the best we can do. So what is the scenario in which, Josh, you say, I absolutely have to get Holland? Is it really just down to what you see on Instagram? Yeah, the Twitter feed for Man City. Is, is it I just a smiling picture of Erling Holland on the training ground? It's going to need to be a lot of smiles, Brandon. I need to see multiple photos <laughs> for in multi, on, toothy, across multiple days. A toothy days. smile. <laughs> I would say if Holland's out there and training and playing all week, I probably just have to bite the bullet and bring him back in. I think that that can is... Can you do that cleanly without a hit? I can do that cleanly without a hip. I'd have to move either Tony or it would be Ivan Tony. It would have to be Tony. Um, so I would move Tony to to Holland. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it with Watkins because Watkins uh, um, home forest. Home forest exactly. So um, yeah. So I, I could do it without a hit. I've got five point two million in the bank right now. So it's 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 a clean move. Um, and so that's sort of probably what I would do. And then um, I might just field ten in game week thirty two. I think that would also be a possibility. I don't really want to be taking players out who are going to double in 34 for a hit. I don't, I, you know, I don't see that as a great, although I also think it's fine because I will have two, like two weeks of transfers, but then you just can't, you can't make that team as strong as you want. Right. Again, if you're, if you're, because every transfer out for a player you want to hold on to is two transfers, right? There's the transfer out and the transfer back in. So, um, and so then, then I'm, so I don't know. I actually think fielding 10 in game week, um, yeah. 32 might be fine. Um, and my only concern right now actually is, is what we see from Kane over the next couple of weeks, because, uh, you know, if you have Kane and if he, you know, you know, they're, they're now they've sacked their managers too, like half the league has sacked their manager in the last two weeks. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what we see from Kane in, in game week 29, but then, um, yeah, I mean, Spurs play Brighton at home in game week 30. I think that you expect them probably to, I mean, Brighton have, have not, their attack's been great. The defense is 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 just so so, and um, you know I think that. Uh, and then they play Bournemouth at home in thirty one. So I think you could make a case if you have Kane but don't have Holland to to just ride it out the next the next couple of weeks. Um, I don't know. So it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tricky one. Uh, but not having Kane for thirty one or thirty two does give me pause. I could drop Holland in thirty two for Kane and then and then kind of do the old hokey pokey, you know, and bring him back in yep. um, a week later. That's not an impossible thing. Yeah. If, you know, you mentioned Sala a while back and if Sala weren't kind of creaking back into form and desirable and not blinking in 32, I think I'd gleefully yeah. just drop Sala to get yeah. both Holland and Kane up front. But as it is, Sala and Liverpool yeah. assets just look like they have too much to offer down the home yeah. stretch to now it's Really, you're really going to have to stretch your budget to find a way to get Kane plus Salah plus Holland, yeah. and uh, that's I'm not sure really tricky can. business. Yeah, I'm not mm -hmm. sure it's possible. And um, I think that do we ever get a definitive reason why Saka didn't start? Was it just uh, just him playing a ton of minutes across the um, international the, break? Was that was the reason from Arteta was illness, so he came back ah, from break okay. and was ill. Um, okay, but but I suspect that is yeah a euphemism for. 
the guy Saka's just been playing tons of minutes and there's still a ton of work to be done to hold on to their league leading position so I and and I mean that that match if you see the uh, this was talked about what when Leeds put out their starting 11 for that match everyone was like are Leeds going to get fined for starting like this weak ass starting 11 uh and they just got their butts kicked I know it was so annoying to to get to have that goal that conceded goal late. It was sort of a just like really like one little moment from from Leeds, and that was. Yeah. But that's 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 how it goes. That's fantasy, friend. Um, all right. Well, let's get into uh, some more questions here, Brandon. Um, FPL Brooklyn has a question that I, I think is interesting and, and sort of. Um, it's worth considering, uh, but I think he kind of answers his own question as well. Okay, so that, that's enough preamble. Let me get into the question here. He says, uh, right now it seems like the consensus is free hit 32. But for those of us who can field uh, an 11 and 32 with just a few moves, is it worth the upside of a free hit in game week 34? Or are the players we want for free hit 34 players we'd want in the long term? So, Brennan, can you quickly recap who plays twice in 34? Do you want to? Uh, yep. Tell us that real quick if you have it handy. Of course. The teams who double in 34 are as follows. Brighton, who have two home fixtures, Wolves and Manchester United. Fulham also double in 34, hosting Manchester City and away Liverpool. Not great, Bob. Liverpool double in 34, both at Anfield. And we know Liverpool are just a different animal for the better at Anfield. Spurs and Fulham. This is looking pretty good. This is why we can are continually talking about Mo Salah. Manchester City also double. Fulham away. West Ham at home. Manchester United double. Aston Villa at home. Brighton away. West Ham. Two away fixtures. Palace and Man City. So to recap, West Ham, United, City, Liverpool, Fulham, and Brighton all double. So I count, let me count teams that I definitely just want to have players from regardless. It would be Brighton, probably Liverpool, City, and United. So I I, I think uh, my my general feeling is, well, first of all, there are a number of uh, free hitters in a Patreon mini league that we have. All the people who free hit in this massive double game week 29 are having like the most miserable weeks. Uh, I'm not okay. entirely sure why, but it seems like a week these these types of doubles offer a lot of o- opportunity. I bet to, it was Chelsea. I haven't seen some of these <laughs> yeah. free hits, but I bet it was going in on yeah. Chelsea. That that has to be a big. I factor. do wonder, but yeah, you, I, I think it's bad to put your. It's bad. Um, you can put yourself in a in a situation where you just overthink when yeah. you know you, you know you you just. Everything's right there in front of you. We kind of like this. Yeah. This is what why I really enjoy this stage of the season is we've already yeah. learned most of what we need to learn. Now we just yeah. have to put all of that intelligence and knowledge into motion and into action. And yeah. the free hit often blows up in our faces because then we just cast aside what we know to try and be smarter than than we need to be. So I yeah. I feel like 32 is still the time to uh, free hit, even if you can field a full squad. Yeah. I think I sort of inadvertently answered this question earlier too, because I talked about what I don't want to be doing is dropping a bunch of players who double uh, later. And um, yeah, I mean, if you're just, I mean, at this point, you just don't want to be, I mean, and this is why I said he kind of answered his own question was you don't want to be, 
dropping Brighton players down the stretch, right? Not only do they have another double, but they're just playing really well at the moment. You don't really want to... So sort of there's, there's just kind of no reason not to... To free hit in 32 because yeah, all just the players to interrupt, you want, you're going to want for the end. Yep. Yeah. Why Why does this uh, question asker have a full 11 for game week 32? I think would be the, the first question we should ask is like, how have you sold your team short that you're in this position? And I'm yeah. sorry to like point the finger at this poor listener, but um, I don't know. I just feel like the best team that you could have uh, is is not one that has people who don't blank at 32. If you, it, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess it just depends. I mean, because you can only, you can bench three or four, I suppose, right, if you if you include a, a goalkeeper benching. But um, it's, it's tricky to decide who to bench, right? I mean, if you think of Rashford as one of the must-bench, not-going-to-drop players, then suddenly that leaves two spots. Right. So it's either Holland and Bruno or um, or or your or, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Rashford and the two Brighton midfielders. And I actually think it'd be really helpful for anyone who's not free hit in 32 to to start thinking right now about about who you're going to be dropping over the next couple of weeks, because if you just inevitably are going to drop one of your Brighton midfielders, even even if you plan to bring them back, you know, starting in 33, then that may be a move you want to make right away. Um, right. And sort of, and, and sort yep. of maximize, uh, what you can get from having somebody else in your squad. Like for me, I don't have Saka in my squad at the moment and Saka is now rest. He plays away to Liverpool. Liverpool are, um, like the leakiest they've ever, I really want to have like a, a general interest conversation about Liverpool at some point. I would love <laughs> to just talk about what I think they have to do to fix their squad. Uh, it's fascinating to me, right? Because yeah. you kind of go player by player and there's really, there's it's like so much there, but it's just, it's just not clicking right now, right? The the defense and it it's like it's sort of like all do all roads lead to? I mean, first of all, Fabinho has to get replaced, right? But if you the whole midfield you, is is yeah. is uh, has to be overhauled. I think that is yeah. the biggest yeah. issue for sure. But the the trend question looms large, right? Yes. Like, yes. can you can you have a strong defense with 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 Trent and I, I, I don't know. So anyway, that's that's a, that's a separate pod though. So let's let's keep moving here. Um, GP says, uh, "Will Jesus get back to must own this season?" Gabriel Jesus, Jesus. So Jesus, I whatever. have a I have an interesting Gabriel Jesus story. So cast your minds okay. back to Fest NYC, uh, sure. mid September. We were gonna get together with all our pals in New York from around the country, around the world for that matter. Yeah. Um, the Queen passed, tragically. Games were canceled. But we still had fun. We still got together with a bunch of listeners. One listener uh, whose name is Marlon. Um, he was very big Wayans. on... <laughs> yeah, yeah, In Living Color. There's a direct line between In Living Color and Always Cheating. Uh, Marlon was big on Darwin Nunez. And he and I made a friendly wager. And, and I backed Gabriel Jesus. I said, by the end of the season, Gabriel Jesus will have more fantasy points than Darwin Nunez. Uh, what was the wager? The wager was, well, whoever uh, lost would have to write a handwritten note saying that the other person was a better fantasy <laughs> manager than them. <laughs> um, so uh, I thought I was in real jeopardy here when Gabriel Jesus gets this, like, what could be a season-ending injury. And yeah. he has now missed like, half the season. Now, Gabriel Jesus is back. He starts this weekend, and he scores a brace. 
without looking at the details, Josh, if you haven't already, yeah, um, I will tell you right now, Darwin Nunez has 82 fantasy points. Having missed half the season, how many fantasy points do you think Gabriel Jesus has? I, I did look. I, he's got 83. He's got one more. I, I looked because I was curious just how many games Jesus had missed. And it, it was 12 games, Brandon. He missed 12 consecutive yeah. matches. Now, Darwin has missed a, a handful here and there. Let's see. He's missed a few. But some of those some of those were at his own hand, Brandon. That's <laughs> yes, where, exactly. Red cards. I, I, I don't, one. Think, I don't so, think red cards should, do those we, should, those uh, should not be you know, dismissed. I'll put this to you, and I also put it out to our listeners. Let me know. Do you think that I have rights to just call it right now? Like, just on principle, I've won the bet. I think I no, have. No, no. That's that. This is this is that's 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 quitter talk. I think you've got to see this thing through. Uh, I'm, as, I'm basically like operating like a online mobile like betting service where yeah. I'm offering like a an early payout. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, let me see. You have one, two. I mean, Darwin has two more fixtures left this season than Arsenal, and I would still favor Gabriel Jesus over yeah. over Darwin. So I, I think you're going to win this one. Um, yeah. So I think I think he will. I think that I, I may have him as soon as I don't even know. I mean, I guess it would be. I mean, I love Holland. He's, he's super fun. But if, if Holland were injured. Uh, I would consider bringing Gabriel Jesus back as soon as this game week. I mean, I think that he's really – that Liverpool match is a really appealing match to have a couple of starters <laughs> from from Arsenal yeah. in your squad. And uh, not having any, I'm feeling a little, a little left out at the moment. And Gabriel Jesus is at 7.9 million. So just if you're – you know, Holland is fit and, and fighting, and that's great. He's immovable. So look at Ivan Tony and Ollie Watkins, the two strikers du jour at the moment. Tony's 7.8 at the moment. Uh, let's see if I have that right. That He's actually 7.9 full all out. So that's just like a like-for-like like swap right there, I think. Yeah. Uh, we probably, with Brentford's doubles kind of out of the way at this point, we've gotten yeah. all the juice there is to squeeze there. Although, I mean, with that said, Tony has been, like, insanely consistent this season. I mean, he's really yeah. – uh, uh, let's see. He's got he's, – he's third for forwards, and, yeah, he's got 17 goals and four assists in the season. So I don't really want to drop Tony. I, I don't know. I, I may just have to do the uh, – I might I might have to fade Holland, Brandon, and I, I hate to do it. But if I but if I did that, then I would probably consider moving as soon as this week one of my Brighton mids to Saka and and start um, mm-hmm. start getting back on the Arsenal train. And uh, so yeah, it's it's an interesting dilemma for sure. Just for for our listeners out there who are looking for an edge and they're chasing. Is it fair to say that Gabriel Jesus falls into that category of he's a differential 100%. player in this moment? So I, I yeah, I think if you're chasing, just jump on him now if you can. Yeah, I mean his ownership is twenty five percent and I twenty five point six percent. I would gather the like twenty four point nine percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our our dead teams because he was so universally owned the first eight weeks or so of the season. Yep. Um, so yeah, we lost a lot of we lost a lot of good managers, Brandon, at, during the World Cup. A lot of a lot of good yep. soldiers, but we'll we'll get them back in, in August. Um, all right, a couple more questions. Uh, Neil Bond says, "Is Grealish the Man City number one mid going forward? Are we ready to, you know?" Jack Grealish know. was yeah. amazing. In that Liverpool match. <laughs> he was yeah. amazing. Like, stunning. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah. couldn't be more impressed. And 
from, you know, we we talk a big game about having fun on this podcast. You know, let let the let the history writers uh, actually say how much fun we did have at the end of the day. I don't know. But uh, Jack Grealish, he is that player. If you want to have fun and maybe get some points along the way, I would be getting him. And 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 now now it's like is is this recency bias and and, and some sort of eye test stuff? But I would f- no way I would be getting Mares over Grealish at the moment, even though I thought Mares also was amazing against Liverpool. But Grealish has just he has established somehow. Uh, a permanent place in that starting 11 under Pep. Very hard to do. He's kind of, he's not becoming De Bruyne in the sense that he plays that role in the team. But you know, De Bruyne used to be that guy where we just know his influence over the match uh, is, is, is so important to City that Pep will not drop him. And I think Grealish uh, was that way maybe for a while because the club just paid so much money for him. And now we're getting to that point where Grealish is undroppable because he influences City's style of play to that degree. So, yeah, I I think him well over Gundogan, Mares, Bernardo, De Bruyne. Though, I mean, De Bruyne is just all out of the conversation, um, just given what we're saying about Kane, Holland. And Salah with their with Liverpool's fixtures, no way to justify getting De Bruyne. I would suggest, right? Do you agree? Disagree? I thought he had a, KDB had a great match, but he's he's really, really, really expensive, like uh, team warping levels of expensive. So I, I I'm kind of there. He's just been a little too inconsistent this season, um, given his price. I, I think it's it's not he's not inconsistent by like any normal player's standards, but um, at twelve. 12 million. It's, it's, you're asking for a lot. Um, I think that, I think Grealish is, if I had a free hit in 32, I think bring, considering Grealish as soon as this game week, right. Given that they play Southampton and, uh, Forest in the next two, I think that's a, a reasonable, right. Cause you have them for the next two and then you'd free hit in 32 and then you'd have them for the double in 34. So I think he's very much on the table and uh, it's exciting. It's, it's, you know, we really haven't had a lot of midfielders to consider so far this season. We've, the Foden experiment was a debacle, right? But, um, and we, we just, we haven't had that. I still don't know why. Moment. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. We why. don't, well, we may never know. It's, uh, we thought he was gonna be the next David Silva and I just, it never quite happened for some reason. Um, all right. Next question comes from Lovejoy. This one, this one hurts me because I, I'm an, I'm a triple upper myself, but Lovejoy says, have we fallen into an unnecessary Man United triple up fever dream? What do you think? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, Luke Shaw, I don't know why Luke Shaw, I, well, th- there was this moment, it was post World Cup where Shaw was just like putting up bonus points like he was Kieran Trippier. And I was like, okay, Shaw is, is, is the new Trippier. Oh, how yeah. wrong I was. There is only one Kieran Trippier and, and I apologize deeply. But yeah, I, now we just have to remember what we forgot about Manchester United is they are prone to great struggles defensively and they're, they just kind of overperformed for a good stretch there. Now, how much of it is Casemiro when he's either in or out? I don't know because Casemiro had a couple of bad matches or yeah. sleepy matches leading into that red card suspension. So I think it's just a matter of um, Manchester United kind of coming down to earth, informing our fantasy conversation. Yeah, we probably just went 
a little overboard with uh, how un. I mean, specifically how undroppable these guys are from a fantasy team. Yeah. So when you're looking at the the Manchester United blank in 32, Luke Shaw is like the first of all of the players in my squad who I'll be looking to drop, definitely. I mean, and a, probably to bring yeah. an Arsenal defender back in for me personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, you So you have a triple up. What's your plan? Are you planning on holding anybody? Are you planning on holding yeah. Bruno? Well, I wanted to, uh, given that they, they double in 34, um, and I mean, they play Everton and Forrest in their next two. So, so dropping him is not at the top of my priority list. I'll say that much. Um, I, I could see myself dropping him, but it probably won't be until I'm going into 32. Um, the problem is that he is playing so deep and I thought that would be, I mean, he's just he's like, he's playing like a really like deep line play again. You know, you mentioned Casemiro, and obviously that that's a factor. Although, I mean, he had Sabitzer and um, McTominay. Uh, what's this? McTominay? Thank you. I actually thought Sabitzer had a pretty good match. Uh, all, all things considered, I thought he did some good things on the pitch today. But uh, but you know, he also he's clearly not in sync with that squad. There were a couple times when he did cool like he did cool things, uh, but they didn't quite they didn't quite work and. <laughs> Uh, yeah. it just like he and Anthony didn't quite link up at times. And, uh, was he but, yeah, skateboarding I think that, through the midfield? Sounds like he was like doing, uh, doing was. ollies and whatnot. Yeah. That was incredible. Just, yeah. It was like Poochie just inserted into the, you know, <laughs> so I, I don't really know, uh, what I think that let's, let's, let's pause on the, what to do with Man United players question until, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm saying this cause I'm the one who put this question in the running order, but I think that I, I, I guess the, uh, my feeling is. Let's not let's not freak out yet. Let's give ourselves a couple more weeks, and then going into thirty two, let's decide who's you know who who must stay and who must go. If if you are not um, if you are if you are not free hitting, I realize most people listening to this pod probably probably will be free hitting, and so I'm trying to balance out the the discussion here a little bit. And I think that um, if you have them, I don't I don't see any urgent need to drop them just because the next two fixtures are so good. Um, and let's and they're they're so good at home too, right? So I, I think that Everton fixture could be could be fine. If 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 I'm at all worried about Holland, I'm just gonna captain Rashford and and and, and you know hope it goes, hope for the best. Um, all right, Brandon, we have uh, one more question here. This is from Murray Roach. Long time, long time question asker on the pod, Brandon. Murray Roach says, why did any of us ever buy a Ben Chilwell? And he says, Reese James can be used instead for the same question. So you mentioned the, uh, and this is, this is the problem that the, that the replacement, and again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I'm, I'm an expert on Chelsea. I'm just talking about fantasy here. Okay. So let's, let's we'll restrict our, um, our, our response into that lens. Noted. But yes, I think the problem is the problem that everybody can see from miles away, and it, and it affects fantasy as well, which is it is a very, very unsettled team, right? And somehow you, somehow he squeezed Reese James, Kukurea, and Chilwell into the squad. I, I don't know how that worked, and guess what? It immediately you know, collapsed because Kukurea played in Ali Watkins for the opening goal. So clearly uh, it was yeah. like you're trying to fit... 37 pieces into 11 spots. It's, it was always going to lead to the, like a little bit of chaos. And I think that's even players who are good and are doing good things in the pitch are, it's just not a settled squad at all. It's like the opposite of Arsenal right now, right where they are. Yeah. And, and Kukurea and Reese James both were being played as, as sort of like quasi center backs too, which, and I tried to, I owned Kukurea for a brief period this season and I tried to yeah. sing his praises or justify 
these moves and he was horrible against Aston yeah. Villa. Um, yeah. Not uh, not excluding the, the, his assist to Ollie Watkins. But Ben Chilwell, I feel so horrible for Ben Chilwell fantasy owners because he was like yeah. so good. I thought he was... At the post, right? Yeah. He was so far forward. He was... And 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 hustling back to uh, to to play uh, great defense as well. He was all in, and like that's that's yep. like the stuff that really ingratiates yourself to the to the home support. Um, he was just yep. like all down for the cause. But I I agree with you. It's like Chelsea just feels like it feels like we're coming to this idea that Chelsea are a full on stay away, regardless of how good these players might be, because if fantasy. As far as the game and the gambles that you take, you're trying to make as sure of, you know, the wild swings can pay off from time to time, but uh, you have to have some level of certainty, even when you are taking a wild swing that you could get something. And Chelsea are so unpredictable and the ceiling doesn't feel high enough with them to boot that it just feels like they're in this isolated zone. They're in the the you know the, the the penalty box of FPL at the moment. Yeah, this was kind of my Isak dilemma as well. I, I did definitely consider Isak as my Holland replacement when it became clear that I was going to have to drop Holland this week, and um, I just didn't feel like I knew enough about whether I could trust Isak. Like you know, I just I felt, I felt like I, I just didn't quite have a handle on what what I was going to get from him, and it's. it's I think it's similar with Chelsea where I, I just I need to kind of feel like I understand how they work in the squad, how many chances they're going to. I don't know. So it's like it's a it, it can be kind of a tricky one sometimes. So I think um, I don't know. So I, I'm sort of uh, I am probably staying just just to we'll kind of bring things to a circular conclusion here, Brandon, which is that. I am probably avoiding Chelsea for the rest of the season. I, <laughs> I, I mean, the things can always change, and let's see, game week 38, right? They have a double in 37. But at the moment, I think this is a squad that needs to get more settled before we can really consider them, and that may not happen until fall 2023. Arsenal have just really jammed up the fantasy midfield right now because their players are as, as cheap as they are, and... Then you've got Brighton on top of that. Chelsea becomes viable at some point this season only if there are these teams that I just mentioned just like stop performing and make you believe that they're not going to. Yeah, yeah. like if if you've got an opening in your squad, if you if you're posting a job opening, uh, then then maybe Chelsea is to consider. But you're not moving any of these. Yeah, it's like what, what I was saying earlier. It's like we know what we know now, and we just need to act on it. And um, yeah. if if one of the things that we know suddenly becomes un, untrue, this is like a real philosoph- philosophical yeah, logic like a, problem. Who was like, that? Who was that known unknowns? Uh, who was yeah. that? Uh, Donald Rumsfeld. Rumsfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Chelsea is the is the. I don't know if they qualify as a known unknown, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, I think you know what yep. I'm saying here. I do. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but right now it's, and, and I, I think the, the same logic applies to Lester just to, to bring that back to I, Madison, everyone keeps looking for an excuse to bring in Madison. I, I don't know, Brandon, if it is, is it cause he's a, he's a good looking chap. Is that, is that what he's, it is? Is it cause he's good at football? He's like when, yeah, he, when is, he plays sure, well, like, he's so good. Yeah. But this, this squad does not set up. This is, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, 
peak Jamie Vardy is not walking through that door this season. I'm sorry to tell you. And uh, it's the, the, you know, that, that team just needs a shake up. And I, and the, the defense, I feel like it's in the same category. I, I don't expect things to turn around. We'll see if, if Everson holds a spot of reward. I mean, what a, what a season long blunder that turned out to be just letting your uh, star goalkeeper go like a week before the season started and not replacing <laughs> and not him. Not replacing him. Yeah. Yeah. It just want to like them. They may get relegated because of that. It's like a, that's a crazy, I don't know, just a weird situation there. I don't, I, I'm not quite sure why Casper did that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, fair enough to him, but, but you know, he's a lesser legend, but man, they really ended up hurting them this season. Well, so. I, I mean, he was the canary yeah. in the coal mine, Casper Schmeichel. Yeah. Um, but yeah. when he left, we should have known that the jig was up and this team was going to be yeah. a complete basket, basket case. But That's spare true. a thought for Kalechi Iannaccio because like, it has always been a mystery to all of us playing fantasy and I'm sure just like IRL fan, football fans, why Iannaccio doesn't start every match under Brendan Rodgers. And now that Rodgers is out, we can maybe uh, see moments. more of him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's got, what, three goals, four assists in the season, but yeah, he still barely starts. Um, when he starts, he scores, though, uh, frequently. I mean, he is, you know, he's got two goal. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm still struggling to read this new. I, I I don't know why they redesigned the website mid-season and, and reversed the order <laughs> of all this stuff. So it used to go game week one down, and now game week one is at the bottom and on the way up. And so I, I, I keep misreading the the data when I'm looking at it on yeah. the fantasy website. So anyway, that's just a that's just a little complaint. And this week's pod. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck to everybody. The I don't think there's anyone out there that doesn't have at least at least seven, eight or more players playing uh, throughout the rest of the game week. So uh, hopefully this pod was a nice mid game week break. Good luck in game week thirty. We'll do a Patreon pod on Thursday evening, looking ahead to game week thirty. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Thanks again to Eric for coming on uh, last week's pod. Uh, it was a uh, got some very nice feedback on that. It was really great to have him on, and he's he continues to do great running running inside the top five hundred now. So wow. uh, congrats to him. And yeah, uh, yeah patreoncom slash is where you can go to support the pod. Brandon, can you thank our producer patrons, please? Yes, big thanks to producers Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, the big gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wegner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Vulgar Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Rob, R- Roberto Morals, Thomas Tislov, and Noah and Louise. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Health Cheaters or wherever you get fine social media. Visit our website for all this information and more at alwayscheating.com. Uh, fingers crossed. Here's uh, I've been making this offer to a lot of people, and I'll make it to you now, Josh. If Lewis Dunk scores a goal against Bournemouth, I promise you I will go onto your LinkedIn profile and I will write a glowing professional endorsement for you. How does that sound? For me personally? Sound, you, yeah. Yeah. That and it will have nothing to do just, with fantasy. This is not a wager. This is not like I have to do the same if he doesn't. No, score. you don't this have to do anything. Do. It's a guarantee. No, it's okay. just something I'll do. I promise you. If, that sounds if great. I, he almost if, scored on Saturday. He had he a did. great chance. <laughs> he did, and 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 uh, I, I can't. I, there was somebody on our Discord, our Patreon members. I promised to uh, write a recommendation or, uh, for them on LinkedIn if he did, and he great. almost I'll did. Take a and now I'm passing it on to you. So now you have you stand to gain. 
That sounds wonderful. Yeah, you can talk about my. I don't even know. You can you can decide what you want to put on there. That sounds great. Think well, now I'm the ready box, for you know, your paradigm yeah. shifting and all that sort of stuff. Oh, exactly, exactly. Had strong command of SEO. You know, where the, you know, throw some throw some fun buzzwords <laughs> there in there. You go. All right. There you well, go. thanks everyone for. Uh, knows when we are on a CMS. You know, I don't know. Um, all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com